We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Good afternoon, Morris O'Connor with you again for another edition of Kilkenny Today here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Great to be back with you and whether you're listening to you live on the uh, Tuesday afternoon, good afternoon to, afternoon to you or indeed uh, on the repeat on the Wednesday morning. Good morning to you. Um, it does look like one way or the other we've come to the end of that lovely stretch of um, bright, dry, sunny weather we've had for certainly uh, 10 days or so or nearly 10 days or so. Um, hopefully that will come back before terribly long and we'll get another belt of uh, some uh, decent weather, it'll be lovely to see it again um, in the not too distant future but anyway, uh, one way or the other spring is uh, springing onwards anyway and uh, moving on with us so at least we've got that and the days are getting longer so anyway, all of that is all good and um, uh, another thing that's good as well is uh, eventually regardless of whether there's supply difficulties or not the, the vaccinations uh, against COVID-19 are progressing, we're going to be hearing a little bit more about that actually and later on in the show from our colleagues in Near FM in Dublin, courtesy of the Crail News Desk. Crail, of course, is the Association of Community Radios, Community Radio Stations in Ireland. So we'll be hearing from uh, Debbie McMahon and Paul Murray of Near FM um, because I think Paul, one of their presenters up there, actually received the COVID-19 vaccination in the Helix Theatre in DCU there recently and the two of them, Debbie and himself, were having a chat about that. So we'll be hearing about that later on. We'll also be hearing from Councillor Maria Dollard uh, towards the, the middle of the show. We won't have any parish news to bring you to you today, but of course we will as soon as we can uh, resume that or indeed as soon as the church services and uh, church activities, parish activities do resume, we'll be bringing you back uh, community or the parish news as soon as we can here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. Uh, we'll have a couple of ads, of course, to uh, pay the bills and uh, the likes and uh, recognise and uh, pay proper respect and all to our sponsors of the shows here in Community Radio Kilkenny City. You can also text in 086-353-7782, of course, uh, not if you're listening to me on the Wednesday morning because uh, we won't be able to answer you. Uh, but we'd be delighted to hear from you live here in the afternoon if you can, uh, if you'd like to send us in a message. Uh, Kevin Leifar, who's running the desk for me, will be glad, I think, to try and pass on any messages to me um, if you if you exercise enough to, to get them through to us. So without further ado, I'd like to just welcome our first guest on today's show, and it's Sergeant Peter McConnell from Angarda Shikana. Um, good afternoon, Peter. I don't think I've been talking to you for a long, long time. Oh, Morris, it seems a while, all right, yeah, yeah, and it's great to be back to talk to you again, yeah, absolutely. Well, it has, it has indeed, I can't remember when, when the last time was, but anyway, um, things are things are marching on with the year, as, as usual, I think, with the New Year's, as soon as it gets going, as soon as you get past the end of January, the pace seems to pick up, and we'd probably be near the end of the year before we'd have another chance to have the chat. But there's um, there's some interesting stuff, Peter, that I believe has come to light, or was kind of certainly reported and discussed at a meeting a couple of days ago recently of the um, county's uh, joint policing committee. Um, one was the big one, I suppose, was around um, fraud, and we can chat about that in a minute. And then there was also kind of some rep reports and uh, discussion of um, general crime statistics. So let's just start at the fraud one because I think you've launched 
um, a fraud awareness campaign in in response and in way to a huge increase what it seems to be a huge increase in the amount of frauds and attempted frauds that have been happening and even including here in, in county city of kilkenny and county kilkenny in recent times yes Morris, and look I, I suppose the traditional crimes that we are used to dealing with um and being victimized with of you know the test criminal damage and the burglaries, etc., they are certainly at a very, very low level, historically low level at the moment in Kilkenny. So, again, um, you know, our focus has switched very much to, uh, you know, receiving reports on investment and um, smishing, phishing, vishing scams that are coming to people uh, via the, the Internet. Um, you know, it, it's a different type of crime, and... The reality of it is, I suppose, the vastness and the worldwide nature of what we're dealing with here <coughs> excuse me, um, makes it a little bit more difficult to detect and to be able to investigate. So I suppose with that in mind, I'm going to share Connor because Kilkenny obviously is no different to any other uh, town, county or parish right throughout Ireland. Um, I'm going to share Connor have launched a crime prevention and fraud awareness campaign which is running this week from the 8th to the to the 12th of, of, uh, of March. Um, basically, to get the message out there to people that uh, there is a huge increase in report matters. Um, if you're caught, you're caught. So we are really putting the emphasis on, you know, helping people not to get caught. Really. Mm. I suppose traditionally um, the fraudsters, as maybe some people around or listeners would have experienced them, if they were ever unfortunate enough to experience them, might have been a kind of a face-to-face um, fraud uh, or a scam or something like that going on, uh, maybe door-to-door kind of things or casual encounters on the street. But it's now we're really hearing about it all online, and there's all sorts of names for different things. I've been looking at or hearing about um, account takeovers, phishing, bank alerts and money thefts and uh, indeed even uh, even um, vaccina- f- fraudulent vaccination invitations. I mean, let's let's start with that one first because, I mean, that's a horrendous thing to be doing to anybody yeah, to, to be sending them fraudulent invitations for a vaccination. Why would anybody do that? Yeah, but look, I, I, again, there's, 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 you know, uh, a very prevalent reason, um, believe it or not, is to just gain access to your personal data with a view to, you know, accessing your, your account online and um, your financial data. So it's, it's, not, it's not the content of the actual message that you're getting. It's the fact that if you click on the link and what that brings you to, um, you know, into a, a very insecure site uh, and a fraudulent site that has the capabilities of accessing the, your, your personal data, your personal finances uh, through the medium that you're using, you know, your computer, your tablet, or your, your iPhone, that is the, the gist of it. It's not actually telling you, it's not trying to, to it, it's basically using the COVID-19 vaccination as uh, a trigger to get you to click on the link to bring you to a fraudulent website for a totally different um, uh, reason and the reason being to steal your money. So again, the fraudsters will very much hone in on what is very topical at the time, and obviously that's on the, on the tip of everybody's tongue at the moment, COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccination. Um, other scams that are, that are traditionally very, very, you know, um, high on the agenda of the, of the fraudsters are uh, obviously your banking scams, your financial scams, uh, your revenue is, is one that they use quite often. 
you know, Amazon shopping sites at the moment because people are engaged in online shopping. So the Amazons and other other such shopping sites, um, delivery companies, believe it or not, you know, we're latching on that you know you're getting an online delivery now, and and uh, you know they will use um, you know purporting to be from uh, a message purporting coming from delivery companies say that you need an additional charge of very small amount, just a euro, just to say, well, that's not so bad, I click on the link, but it's not the euro that they're looking for, it's looking for you to click on the link and to provide certain other information or to be able to infect your computer or your device to gain that, uh, that information and gain access to your, to your accounts. Um, the other one that, that uh, is, is, uh, is, is pretty prevalent at the moment is, um, you know, the, the um, sorry, I, I mentioned it, yeah, the, the, just the delivery systems there, the, the delivery mm. break, break is another thing that they've just honed in on, Morris. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're we're having kind of the I don't know what about you, but the uh, the sound from I think from my end, um, Peter and the the listeners maybe have got very bit uh, strange. Um, I think what we may do, if if it's at all possible, would you be able to hang on for a couple of minutes if we were to take an ad break and try and phone you again and see could we get a better line? Would that Absolutely. be okay? Because there's a lot of information that I think listeners Absolutely would want to be able to try and hear clearly. Provide you with a landline leader. Um, well, that that would be great, actually. Yeah, um, I tell you what, I might leave Kevin to to sort you out with the landline there from the studio. But one way or another, look, I think we'll try and take an ad break. I'm sorry about to to interrupt your flow there, um, Peter, but I think there's plenty that the listeners will be worth uh, be worthwhile trying to get a clearer line for so that no they could hear you from, if you don't mind. We, so if that's if that's okay with you, Kevin, back in the studio as well, I think that's what we'll do. Let's take an ad break now and uh, do stay with us here on. Community Radio Kilkenny City and we'll be back with Sergeant Peter McConnell from Angarda Shikona um, as soon as we can after these. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Well, Peter, uh, Sergeant Peter McConnell, have we got you on a better line this time? Yeah, well, I, I can hear you perfectly, Morris, yeah. Uh, that's no, that's coming in a lot, lot better from my end anyway, and hopefully the listeners can can hear you clearer as well, Peter. Sorry about that uh, bit of disruption, but we were talking about the various forms of scams and, and things that uh, people are purporting to try and uh, relieve people of their uh, unsuspecting people of their money. I, I believe there was even an amount of, of six and a half thousand euros reported as having been taken in in one case of this kind of scamming. Was that was that here in Kilkenny or yeah, something? Yeah, that was a Kilkenny case, Morris. Yeah, and it happened just uh, a little over a week ago. Again, you know, look, um, it's it's six and a half thousand on you know what looked like a harmless click on a link, you know, contained within it within an email, and um, unfortunately. It's you know once once that that um, ink was clicked, uh, it just brought the the, um, the the victim to another another page, which um, you know just it developed into what it what it what it did, and soon um, obviously uh, unfortunately the the victim realised that, that um, his, his account had been had been reduced by six and a half thousand euro. But uh, and again you know um, we are seeing it quite quite. As you said, you know the, the the catalyst for running this uh, this information week is because of the increased numbers of reports that we're getting. But we still feel that it's very much an, un, an underreported uh, scenario. And and I suppose as a word of of advice or, or, uh, and warning to people, um, some people we we would feel probably are a little bit embarrassed if they get caught and they don't want to bring it to anybody's attention. Uh, but ultimately, the goal here is to save your money and to stop you being the victim of a theft and mm -hmm. uh, the sooner that you do 
if you realize that something has happened, the sooner you do something about it, the, the, the better chance you have of saving your money or retrieving your money. Most of the financial institutions that, that, that ultimately are holding your, your savings are, you know, they have good um, measures in place, security measures in place, and have an ability to be able to block or retrieve certain monies before they uh, are basically sent to another account and taken out of that other account. Uh, and, you know, so the sooner that you report the matter to your A, your financial institution, or B, your, 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 on Garda Siakana, your local police station, uh, the better chance you have of um, securing your money or retrieving your money. And again, you know, this, this thing about it, being embarrassed about getting caught shouldn't even come into it because unfortunately and people think that it's older people are are, are more likely to get caught but the statistics that we have is that believe it or not 47% of people who have reported being uh, victims of fraud um, are under 50 years of age so it's it's almost a 50-50 split over 50 and under 50 you know and we're we're talking about people in their teenagers to people in their 80s so it's it's you know it's an attack on all of us uh, and the ability to be able to, you know, infiltrate our accounts does not, uh, you know, age doesn't, age doesn't come into it and it doesn't, doesn't, ma- it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. In fact, maybe younger people are, are so used to just clicking through on things without even thinking. An older person might be more inclined to be naturally cautious and, and particularly maybe a sweeping generalisation on my part now that some older people will be kind of less comfortable and have a less like long-term experience of being online so maybe are that a little bit more cautious in some cases yeah well look you you, you think maybe that that, that that would be that would be a reason also but but you know look the reality of it is that a lot of a lot of of the older generation and you know i'm not far from that myself you know we 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 only became used to technology in you know in the latter stages of our life where you know the younger people are growing up with it they're born with it at the moment and you know as i said you'd have you'd have three or four year olds now would would possibly be able to show you or me the way around the keyboard now at the moment you know so, and that's the reality of where we are but i suppose look um the, the key to this morris is if you receive an email with a link in it like this, before acting on it, bring it to somebody else's attention. Stop and think before you press the link. You know, that is, that's the key to it. And if you are just in a position that you get a message like that just to show somebody or mention it to somebody, be, be it a mother, father, son, daughter, brother, sister, whoever, that you're bringing it to their attention, that second person, it's a, you know, might say, oh, stop. And that's all it takes. It's just that little word of caution to stop. Mm. There's also, I think, uh, quite, quite uh, you hear a lot of anecdotal reports as well, um, Peter, about people um, uh, finding themselves being landed with enormous phone bills where they've they've inadvertently or mistake, just kind of out of carelessness in a sense, maybe or not knowing, answered a phone call from a number they don't recognise and it turns out that it grabs your phone or routes and answering back through some, I don't know, route that cr- racks up a huge charge to some 
shadowy organization or something out god knows where because these calls often when you look up the um, the international codes on them they're often kind of african countries or pacific islands or strange places yeah and that, can, that can be a very easy one to fall victim to as well can't it absolutely and uh, there's there's a, a system that, that that came to our attention a couple of years ago it was called wangiri w-a-n-g-i-r-i and it's wangiri is a, is a japanese i think it's a japanese term for one ring and you know your phone would ring once and um would stop ringing you then you know you, you go and there's an automated voice message once when you pick up the phone you know they're able to use this voice over ip um it appears to be coming from an irish number but it's actually a foreign number and by you ringing back thereafter circumventing um uh, a callback system where you know you're ringing back to a callback system and there's an immediate charge on it and some of the of the the, the finances from that charge are going uh, straight back into a fraudster's bank account so again mm. you know you just got to be very very cautious obviously if you know most of the of the smartphones that we have at the moment will flash up for the country of origin of a call um but you've got to be conscious as well that um you know that that there is the ability uh, among fraudsters to be able to circumvent the fact that it's coming from uh, a far, far offshores and it looks like it's coming from an Irish number. Um, so just yeah. be very, very aware of that. Like, I mean, there was um, very recently an 05, 051 number. People were thinking that this was coming from an 051 number. When it wasn't, it was it was disguised as an 051 number, but it was actually coming from, um, you know, the far side of the world, basically. Mm, and like yeah, they, you do hear about these things coming from very exotic locations. But in fact, um, these scams can appear to come from much closer to home as well. I think um, Marion um, Ackerman, the manager of McDonough Junction Shopping Centre, might have reported something to you, a, a scam where pretending to be a communication actually from McDonough Junction Shopping Centre. Yes, and, ag and again, the ability to to in infiltrate and to change slightly change the 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 the. Um, details of a genuine email or web address you know that you know like even just putting you know for for example you know if, if i'm peter.g.mcconnon at garda.ie it could be peter.b.mcconnon at garda.ie or putting the dot in a different different a different location just to change slightly the email address that is genuine to a non-genuine one so again you know the 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 bottom line with this is that, you know, people just need to be very, very conscious and very cautious of um, emails, cold calling, basically. It's like cold callers to your door that you don't want to do work and they're forcing work on you. It's the same concept that we have to try and implement here, that a cold call, email, phone call, um, uh, text message coming into you, that you look at it and say, I didn't look for any of this. I don't want it. Mm. I didn't. I didn't request it. You've got to be very, very cautious. If you feel that it's something that you you want to investigate a little bit further, don't investigate through the message that you got. Investigate by another means, and that is picking up the phone and making a phone call to the person that is purported to come from, and they will tell you straight up whether they sent mm. that email or not, or that, and that message or not. That sounds to be a great, uh, a great, I suppose, a key key tip that if it's if it's something you didn't initiate yourself, be ultra cautious. That, that, that's that's it, you know, and uh, like uh, you know, we we all go on. We all look the internet, and 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 it's a fantastic facility, and we all use it for you know for shopping uh, at the minute for. 
um, you know, booking flights or hotels when we can do that again, hopefully, you know, for lots of various things. But, you know, the, the difference is that you're making the initial uh, contact with that and then, you know, you're looking at, at, at secure sites and, and you know, a site, a site will go to secure, you know, if people are looking at, at, at visiting sites and they say the little HTTP um, uh, message at the bottom of the screen flicking, you know, and that's flicking, 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 and then it goes to HTTPS, that's going into a secure site again. So, and again, yeah. you're the one that has has, has initiated the, the contact, not initiated by somebody else coming into your device. Yeah, and just uh, before we, we leave you, just switch tack just for a second before we leave you. Thanks very much uh, for joining us indeed for putting up with the, the break in the connection, uh, Sergeant Peter McConnell. Um, Peter, I think there, there's uh, on the, the, the positive side, maybe COVID related, there's been reported a, a very substantial drop in thefts and burglaries and no robberies at all reported in the city and county in 2021 to date. That has to be a really good outcome. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, you know, and again, I, I, I suppose we we have been looking at a steady decrease in those crimes over the last four or five years. Um, you know, right back down to to 2019, 2020 was a particularly low level again. And you you know, you will attribute that to the fact that we were in lockdown. Um, like domestic crimes and domestic uh, houses and and private homes fell dramatically it's because people are there and the reality of it is if if that gives you one message or gives us one message you know important message that you know people uh, criminals won't go into a place where they're going to there's a chance that they're going to get caught so again it's opportunist and taking the opportunity away from the criminal is a key to you not being the victim of a crime so again you know the lockdown has certainly helped us in that regard Obviously, the guards are on the road doing checkpoints, which are COVID-related checkpoints, you know, to stop the movement of people. But that in itself obviously stops the movement of criminals quite a bit as well. Grant, OK. I think we leave it there on a reasonably positive note. Uh, Sergeant Peter McConnell, thanks a million for joining us. And, of course, uh, the door's always open to you here and your, your colleagues in Angarda, Shikona, uh, to bring any matters like this to our attention and give us an update on where things are at in relation to crime and policing in general around uh, around the city and the county. Thanks a million for joining us, Peter. Take Thank care. you for the opportunity, Morris, and, and be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're very welcome. Thanks very much. And that was Sergeant Peter McConnell from Angarda, Shikona, here in Kilkenny. And our apologies... Uh, again for the poor quality of the telephone line there at the start of the conversation with with Peter hopefully it got I think it did get a wee bit better than when we were able to call him back look we'll just take a very short um, break now and uh, our next guest after the break will be Councillor Maria Dollard from the Green Party so do stay with us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City 086-353-7782 the text number or if you're listening in on the internet uh, crkc.ie or if you'd like to pass that on to anybody who isn't in the immediate vicinity of the city and would like to listen in to us that's the um, internet address crkc.ie we'll be back in uh, a short while just after these few messages Community Radio Kilkenny City has a vacancy for a commercial coordinator the successful applicant will be responsible for securing sponsorship and advertising for the radio station this is a full time position based in Kilkenny the person appointed must be eligible under Pubble Community Services Programme Employment Criteria. Full details of this position are available by emailing in confidence to manager at communityradiokilkennycity.ie or by telephoning 056 77 
The closing date for this position is Friday the 12th of March. Applications with CV should be sent to Station Manager, Community Radio Kilkenny City, 32 Hebron Industrial Estate, Kilkenny, or by email to manager at communityradiokilkennycity.ie. Why not advertise with your community radio Kilkenny City as it puts your message into shops, restaurants, factories, homes and cars of a potential 40,000 listeners. So, we have something for everybody. Call today and book your spot with us. Or why not sponsor a program or a slot by calling the office on 056 77 or our sales team on 086 810 Community Radio Kilkenny City is a voluntary and not-for-profit organisation. Now, welcome back to Kilkenny today with myself, uh, Maurice O'Connor. Good afternoon to you if you're listening uh, on the Tuesday afternoon or indeed good morning if you're listening on the Wednesday morning. Lovely to have you with us one way or another. Now, hopefully uh, we'll have a better quality of phone line anyway for the next conversation with Councillor Maria Dollard from the Green Party. Hi, Maria. Good afternoon. Hello, Morris. Oh, that sounds much, much, much better. So far, anyway, good. so good. Let's keep it, keep it that way. Keep it that way. Yeah. I don't know, do you have influence with the, the communications gods? But anyway, one way or the other. Goblins. What a problem. So, some gremlins earlier on in the, in the <laughs> conversation. Maria, I was just looking back at my list. It's quite a while. I think it's um, the 8th of December of last year um, when you were on with us last and we were chatting at the time about uh, a water quality report that the Environmental Protection Authority had released on, on water quality in Kilkenny. And then there was also, I think, um, an event coming up, a lobbying event uh, for t- lobbying TDs around Stop Climate Chaos. Um, whatever about the water quality, uh, how did the lobbying event go before we get into the, the rest the the event was very interesting. Um, we got to talk with uh, several, with actually all of the, the uh, local TDs, and it was interesting to hear the different perspectives. I mean, obviously, Malcolm Noonan was very au fait with all the issues, but then, you know, one or two of the other um, TDs kind of mentioned that, it, that green issues weren't really a high priority because they're not coming up at the doorstep. So it was interesting to hear their perspective because I suppose when you're in your own bubble, you hear everybody talking about these issues and, and, and really being very... Um, I suppose vociferous that there are very important issues and that we really have to push for you know better uh, I suppose legislation and better enforcement of laws that are there to protect the environment and then you meet some other TDs who it's just not on their radar so it's really it was interesting to hear different but they all agreed that they would continue to work with the NGOs and that they would you know raise issues as they're brought to them so you know it was a positive meeting I felt. Mm-hmm. Good, because there be that's a, going to be an ongoing issue. I'm sure we'll be talking yeah. about it again, and again, and again. Um, something much more practical and uh, very much more down to earth and stuff. I believe that you had a request recently through the the PPN uh, to, to to try and um, make representations around the issue of provision of a public toilet um, in the Abbey Quarter. Now, although that may seem very prosaic to a lot of people, it does raise, I think, quite a lot of um, interesting issues around the availability of public toilets, particularly now when thing, there's so many things locked down and people can't actually just kind of nip into a shop or a pub or a hotel or restaurant and stuff if they're if they're caught short yes 
Yeah, this this was this was brought to to the meeting by the PPN representative under the social inclusion pillar, Fiona O'Neill, and Fiona raised it under any other business. And the, the issue she wanted to bring was the lack of um, adequate facilities for um, adults who have physical disabilities, and to enable them to um, get personal care when they're out and about. And um, there's a particular, there's an organisation called Changing Places and there's a very particular uh, standard and a criteria that should be met to provide adequate facilities for people, including the use of a hoist and a table that can uh, be adjusted, a height adjustable table. So there's quite a specific set of criteria that have to be met in order to meet the standard. And... um, you know, Fiona was making the point that as the Abbey Quarter is being developed, that we absolutely need to have one of these facilities in Kilkenny. It, we need it for the people of Kilkenny. We need it for uh, visitors from Kilkenny who come to visit or do the shopping. And we need it for tourists and visitors that come to spend the day or to spend some time in Kilkenny. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, is, it was really and it was really great use of the PPN. And um, if people don't know what the PPN is, it's the Public Participation Network. And I'd encourage you know all voluntary organisations to get involved in the PPN because it shows how you can take an issue that's an issue in your community and bring it to the council level and have it um, talked about. Now, as it happens as well, the Green Party were already working on this at government level. So again, you know, we're working on this at a different level in the hope that we can bring it into legislation. That is the the idea, so that all new public buildings will be required to have one of these accessible uh, toilet facilities. Yeah, in fact, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you you mentioned that. Um, just before we go on, actually, um, Kilkenny Communities in Action, one of our programs on a Friday evening, very frequently features PPN related stuff, and Paul Brophy is yes. very good at that and links in with Mag Sweelan, who is the yes. resource worker for the PPN in relation to PPN activities. So listeners um, can get updates on what's going on in the PPN very often by listening on a Friday evening uh, to, uh, at seven o'clock to Kilkenny Communities in Action. Anyway, that's a bit of an aside, but yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the idea of what what's going on at a national government level because when I heard about this one Maria my, my first reaction was well really um, you know doing building kind of one-off separate um, you know facilities uh, that kind of stand alone may may not be the most ideal way to go because certainly around um, Kilkenny City and possibly county as well we have plenty of publicly accessible publicly owned um, tourism and heritage facilities uh, and cultural facilities that could accommodate uh, something like a, 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 an adequate um, you know, personal care space, if you want to call it that, uh, be it an yeah. adapted toilet or whatever, for for disabled people, and that's possibly uh, maybe a better way to go because um, they're they're likely to be much more open and uh, much more widely spread around. Yeah, I, I see. I think w- one of the issues is it must be uh, you know twelve meters by twelve meters, which is a substantial piece of that is you large. Know, uh, yeah, it is large. So that is the, the minimum standard that's required, and it, it may be difficult to get that into existing buildings. But it, it's a and sometimes you don't get the cooperation um, because people don't want to give up the space, or they say it's not worth it for the one or two people that might need it. But it's a bit like um, in terms of education, the Department of Education have been asking secondary schools for years and years to um, provide um, additional needs classrooms in their secondary schools and it's very difficult to get them to do it but what the way they approach it then is they they said that every new school that's built must have a classroom for additional needs so it, you know by tackling 
the problem from the, from scratch where, where a building is about to be built, then you have a much better chance of ensuring that happens. So if you can bring in the legislation that requires it to be built when a building is being planned, then you get the mm. best you know mm. possible mm. I suppose facility and in the right place. And we, we will have the Mayfair uh, building will be the new library. And that will have extended opening hours and, you know, it will be ideally placed in that building. And um, and now is the time to look for it before the building has, has, uh, has any, you know, drawings or anything done for it. So it will be built in as part of the facility. And I think it will yeah, be an excellent yeah. facility, you know. Yeah, and it's only it's it's only right and appropriate, even if it does seem yeah. to be a relatively small number of people. It it, it helps so many people participate fully in society yes, it, it and society and enjoy enjoy whatever we have to offer in the city here. Exactly, and and the other thing I think that we have to move away from thinking of people with additional needs and impairments as something that an, like an afterthought in terms of planning and in terms of um, building regulations or that or a sort of a charity facility um, because these are people, it's a human rights issue for starters um, and second of all, these people have money to spend so they should be seen as customers the way you would see any other customer or any other tourist that you would want to visit your city when I, my sister lives in Salisbury and when anytime we visit her I'm always struck by the amount of families and people that are there who are wheelchair users because the city centre is very accessible and you know we need to start thinking about our built environment uh, from a universal design perspective and uh, even our housing stock from a universal design perspective so that we're we're building we're future proofing the building because you know even uh, like as we age more people acquire disabilities so mm -hmm. you know you we disability is a normal part of everyday life and it shouldn't be seen as something extra that somebody has to you have to do something for them or it, it's a, a nuisance of a thing to address it should be built into um you know the planning and the environment from the start and I mm. suppose we can go back and retrofit buildings, but really if we can embed it in legislation, you know, from the very start and, and in our policies from the very start, like I do think that, you know, two-bedroom departments are the, the, the best, the most universally designed departments because at any point you don't have to leave your home as you age or may need care because you have a second room where somebody can have a sleepover or a friend or family member can stay. So, you know, we need to be thinking about this. Do we really want to be having people in one-bedroom apartments because they, they won't last for a lifetime. You'll end yeah, up having to go them, to a nursing home even if you don't want to. That that kind of does move us on and wait the discussion, Maria, from um, from the uh, provision of facilities for disabled people out and about in, in public areas and publicly accessible around the city. Um, maybe you should organise, I know you can't physically, as, as would have been the case in previous years, um, take, um, uh, take a group of your fellow councillors or indeed council executive over to visit your sister's um, home place in Salisbury, yeah. but you could uh, maybe organise a virtual tour so to get the, yeah. the message across in, the, in that particular one. Um, but it is also something related to the, and uh, particularly the universal design thing I think you're mentioning there, all um, both related to the, the county development plan and of course the the uh, draft development plan is open for consultation. I think it's actually closes next week uh, or very very shortly. Um, it's getting close to the deadline for submission. So it, it, that, that sounds like one thing that's particularly exercising your mind in relation to a, maybe a, a response to, to what's proposed in that plan. Is there anything else that you'd care to highlight briefly for us, for, for listeners that you think might be worthwhile listeners um, having a quick look at in that draft development plan and maybe putting in their own individual submissions? 
Yeah, I, I would encourage um, listeners to have a look at the draft development plan if they can do- download it onto a computer and, and search it for the things that interest them or look up the chapters. And even if you found one thing that, it, that you're passionate about, read what the county development plan says about it. And then if you have something to say, I really would strongly encourage people to send in an email and say, and say what they think. Um, I would love to see more leadership from the council in terms of remote working. I think that the, the section on remote working is, you know, it's outdated. And, and I mean that in the nicest sense, in the sense that we're a year into the pandemic and it's emerged very rapidly that remote working is really is going to be the way for the future for so many people. We have mm-hmm. a very, the, our, our economy in Kilkenny depends a lot on people visiting Kilkenny for their day's work. We, had, we would have three times as many people coming to Kilkenny as leaving Kilkenny every day. And those people are not coming to Kilkenny anymore. So we need to be thinking, how can we get workers to be in Kilkenny? And, you know, part of that solution can be providing remote working hubs, good quality remote working hubs, where somebody can, you know, maybe living in an apartment or a house where they don't have an awful lot of space, but they may be able to use a space in a remote working hub and you know often employers would pay it's usually about 200 or 220 euro a month to um, book um, a, a space in a remote working hub that you can use and a lot of employers will actually pay that you know, there's something like 75,000 mm-hmm. jobs available at any time um, in uh, re- available remotely um, and those, those um, jobs are there and they're available to people in Kilkenny and you know, I encourage people to look at remote.ie and, uh, and find out about what's available and really think hard about it because it really is the way of the future. Yeah, I think that raises big issues really, doesn't it, for how the, um, the council intends to encourage the ongoing development of the county in terms of like, particularly in terms of the smaller towns and villages and yeah. the availability of community facilities, community hubs, halls, um, broadband um, remote working locations if they can if it can't be enabled into people's homes that at least it would be very close to them maybe in a community facility in the nearest um, town or village but uh, as you say I think that the, 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 your suggestion there seems a very wise one if you can get hold of the, the draft uh, development plan I think they're both there's two volumes they're very large documents but uh, yeah. if you can download them search them and uh, engage with them on whatever it is whether it's I suppose cycling or education or working or retail or whatever um, is the issue that floats listeners' boats. That yeah. sounds like a, a very good uh, and, I, and I would uh, really say to people, don't be afraid of it. Everybody's voice is valuable. Everybody's voice. And say what, mm. you, what you need to say and be heard. And it's documented then. And, you know, there's no point in whinging about it in fact, two years' time and saying they shouldn't have done this, they should have done that. Get involved and don't be afraid of it. You will get a response because you're you're entitled yep. to a response. I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Look, it's we we'll leave it at that, Mary. It's lovely talking to you again as usual. And take care. And I'm sure we'll be we'll be uh, have you on as a guest again before terribly long on the show. Thanks a million, Maria. That's lovely. Thank you, Morris. Bye bye. You're, you're very welcome. That was Councillor Maria Dollard, of course, uh, of the Green Party. So as she said, you can go onto the council's website, or indeed, uh, I think consult.rplan.com. Kilkenny or something like that anyway 
um, or arcplan.kilkenny.ie and uh, find the details or even just search up Kilkenny Draft a County Development Plan on the internet and you can uh, download that and have a read of it and as I say find the things that are of particular interest to you regard regardless of what they are and engage with them. Anyway um, and uh, I think it's the 14th of this month where the uh, is the closing date for submission so not terribly long. Anyway we'll move on with the show we'll take another ad break and we'll be back after the ad break with um, I did mention vaccinations and the vaccinations starting to happen well our colleagues uh, Debbie McMahon and Paul Murray from Near FM in Dublin um, recorded a piece for us um, where Paul Murray himself actually one of the Crail, uh, one of the Near FM presenters uh, was in the age bracket for receiving uh, COVID vaccination and they had a conversation about that so we'll have a listen to that but first of all we'll take a, a short ad break and we'll be back to you in a couple of minutes time We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM Welcome back. Now, Paul Murray, who's co-presenter of the Senior Citizens Show on Near FM in uh, North East Dublin City, joined one of the other presenters on Near FM, Debbie McMahon, on a show called Lifeline to explain all about his experience of receiving his first of the two jabs of the COVID-19 vaccine at the Helix Vaccination Centre in DCU recently. Let's have a listen to their conversation. I'm I'm great now. Now that I have the jab, I'm I'm a new man, a new boy, I should say. A new boy. So when did you get your jab? Yes. Well, my, I was down for a Saturday morning in the um, in the, the what do you call it? the Helix Centre Theatre, the Helix Theatre. All right, on so Collins Avenue. Very good, over in DCU. Uh, and so it was Saturday morning. So I was I was staying with my daughter in in Santry, So it was fairly close by. And so I was able to go down. I was down there at a quarter past nine. Um, my my job was to be at uh, ten to ten. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd get there a half an hour beforehand. You okay. know, make it okay. Yeah. So I got there, and uh, I, unfortunately, it was a good crowd there now, yeah. and it was starting to rain a little bit, and they were all gathering round and getting out of taxis and coming in wheelchairs, and but everybody was in relatively good form. The rain put a little damper on it, so when we went to get into the theatre, unfortunately we didn't realise the theatre wasn't open till half nine, so we had a quarter of an hour gap, so we had to adjourn uh, via the security men into the uh, kind of the car parking block there in in the... in the complex, you know. Yeah. Now, so was it all, Paul? Were you time? kind of? Was it all kind of a social distancing and safe enough as, while you were waiting ah, to yeah, come in? Well, we were just coming in out out of of car of cars and taxis and just walking in. So people mm. were uh, keeping their distance now, like you know. Yeah. And even it was quite roomy inside the the sort of uh, I'd say the foyer of the apartment. Uh, the, car parking block. I had never been in there before. Mm. It was quite large so we could keep well apart from each other, you know. Okay. Yeah, and the only problem the only problem was that unfortunately of course being o- being older people, some of some of us wanted to use the toilet facilities yeah. and it was none. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, so that that was well I mean it was a car park thing and we thought we'd be already into the into the theatre proper, you know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but um, after a, a bit of uh, conversations with the security people and other various people who came in to see where we were and what we were up to, um, we were um, we were told that it, it, the place was open. So that we were standing around there for about a quarter of an hour in that facility, and then we walked over. And when we got into the theatre, then we all thought we were in La La Land, I'd say was a good way of saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody cheered up, and uh, there was lots of conversations going on and 
Yeah. Uh, then they asked us for identification, which a few people were taken aback by because this hadn't actually been we hadn't been told this in our clinic. They had to bring it, yeah. But uh, at the same time, <coughs> now there was a very good buzz going around the place. We all knew we were in there for to get ourselves fixed up in a better position, I suppose. And exactly. also, we, I, I believe I was talking to other people there too, and they they thought. Well, we're doing something for the country as well. We're getting out there and getting this done so we won't become a problem for our families or oh. whoever we're staying with or whoever our care is, you know. I know. And so, Paul, were you nervous? Well, was I nervous? Uh, mm. No, I wasn't. And I don't remember anyone being nervous. Yeah. I think we'd all, we were all saying, this is the job coming, you know. And the job was like manna from heaven. Like mm. <laughs> It was something that we had been dreaming of since last year. And, I know. Uh, it's, it was for our time to, to function, to get going, you know. Yeah. No, I didn't feel nervous. Uh, we went up, we had to queue up to get to a kind of a, a lady in a boot. There was lots of the uh, ladies in in boots. Mm. I, don't, I mean, in, in, in boots. Wouldn't, wouldn't, you know yeah, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> like little cubicles, not in boots. Like, cubicles, yeah. I should have said cubicles, <laughs> but they look like boots anyway. Looks like vaulting yeah. boots to me. <laughs> so we went in and they were taking down our particulars and just asking us for identification and guiding mm. us uh, to what we sh- what, what time we were, were were actually due at. And they put us onto a kind of a queue. It was very like the airport inside there, the smaller airport, of course. Mm. But you know the way the queue goes up and down? Yeah. yeah. I think they call it corralling or something like that. So we, we were sort of walking down uh, one line, and then we go back up again, and we go back down. But it was all being done kind of slowly but surely. And it was and safe. People, you had your distance from everyone. Yeah, everybody was in good form, I have to say. Okay. So eventually then we, we got to our, our, our medic. There was another kind of, a, um, I won't say boots this time, there were cubicles. <laughs> and there was medics in each one, and you went up, and as, as your turn came, there was a lady there checking out your, your time and all that mm. and you were sent down and in and I would say 10 minutes you had the jab and you were out now mm. I, I, I think most of us when I got in the, the, lady, the lady medic said to me well you would just hold this bit of cotton wool for a minute and I held the cotton wool I was wondering I guess it was just to put on I said where am I getting it now and while I was thinking this she was jabbing me and I said nice. where do I put this she said you can put it on now you're finished so it was quick as that. Yeah, just like the flu jab, really. Flu jab, it was very like the flu jab. Yeah, very quick, yeah. And very efficient. Mm. And again, I must say that the people giving out the, the the jabs and even taking our particulars now, they were all in good form. I think everybody was, we're here for today, we're here mm. for to get this done and let's go through with it. So, I, I, you know. It's kind of I like that um, light at the end of the tunnel. We can kind of start yeah, kind of yeah, seeing think, it now. Yeah, well, I think that uh, taking part in, in, mm. in something that was good for us and good for the country, I think, yeah. it, it was a little bit, it always reminded me of announcing all the old folks were waiting for the bus to go. I know, I know, I that know. That feeling, we're nearly going to be a sing-along. But I then, know. <laughs> Well, right, so nearly we were getting out there. And Paul, were you offered, or were you told what vaccine you were getting, like the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine? No, they didn't say anything. They I didn't. know, as far as I was concerned, I think the original, my original um, lady in, in my own clinic had told me that uh, it would be the Pfizer one, you know? Yeah. It was the two, you get one, and then you get another one in four weeks. Exactly. So but you've been told you have to come back on that date in yeah, four I weeks. Yeah, I have to come back again, yeah. 
Yeah, which so, is good, yeah, so really. To, yeah. Yeah. So we had to rest then for a fifteen minutes in 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 the kind of. I think in, uh, it was the the theatre bar because I noticed a lot of the lads looking longingly at their shutters. <laughs> yeah. I heard some of them ask them, when were they going to come up? Go up? Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, they were really? ordering their, their, their points and stuff I know. Like that. God, wouldn't it be great? But, uh, but uh, yeah, but it was, the atmosphere was good and everybody had uh, got their job and I didn't see anybody uh, fainting or because they all had gathered outside. Mm. We were getting quite close together now, Must admit, when we were going into this bar room or whatever you like. But there wasn't that much room for the amount of people that were getting done. Yeah. But, uh, it's, but there were people moving among us, just keeping us separated. And we had a little label stuck on our jacket saying, telling the time we had got our job. Mm. And it came back a couple of times, and you, I was told I was two minutes over, then I had to go. <laughs> so the, your 15 minutes were up, you were out. You were out and gone. Uh, but politely now, like, you know. Mm. And uh, so we wished... We wished all the PA people well, you know, the people who attended to us there. They were really very efficient mm. and very cheerful. And the, the crowd themselves were in good form, feeling they were at the front line at last with lots of other people who were doing their jobs throughout the country. Mm. And, you know, a good, a good good experience, a happy experience. And you were okay? You had no side effects the day after? No, you, might, you might have slight side effects. You might have headaches or sore shoulders or something. Even that night going to bed, you might find your 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 arm was sore or something. But uh, the chances were that you wouldn't, but you might. So no, I had no no Did nothing. Whatsoever. Brilliant. And your second uh, dose is in um, four weeks. In four weeks, four weeks time, same venue, same back, back in the same place. The yeah, back to the theatre, the theatre again, and uh, the helix, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And there you go. That was Paul Murray from Near FM in Dublin talking to Debbie McMahon also from Near FM. And Paul presents their Lifeline uh, show for uh, older people. And good to hear there was no issues with Paul's uh, experience there. One thing I did pick up from that, though, was um, if we are any of us called to the vaccination uh, centre in Killeen Hill, it sounds like a very wise move to bring ID. Anyway, we're going to leave it uh, for, t- um, for today's show. It's been great to have you with us again. Thanks a million to Kevin Lee Farr for running the sound desk for me and to Anne Nolan for helping me produce the show to my guests, uh, particularly Sergeant Peter McConnell and uh, Councillor Maria Dollard. I look forward to being back with you again on Friday next. Till then, take care look forward to that and uh, in, well don't enjoy the, the next couple of days weather because it's not going to be great. See you Friday. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.